Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris, and this is going to be a rather weird uh, on the beach podcast because somebody s- said they didn't like the sound of the robot. They prefer the sound of my voice over the robot voice, and I can't believe that to be true. But anyway, here we go. What I'm going to do from time to time when I think what I record on the robot voice is a real doozy, I'm going to give, I'm going to actually re re-speak it. Now you have to remember all this. I, uh, on the on the main blog, I talk to, I talk into my computer, which types what I say, which goes to Spotify, who takes what I say, which I talk into type and records it into audio and then generates an audio of what I talk into type. So now, um, so there's a lot of spelling errors and bits and pieces, which I don't really worry about because as far as I'm concerned, the main thing about that blog is to be able to generate the audio on Spotify. Um, but from time to time, I drop in a doozy, I think, in those hundred things I wish my dad taught me. And I get it that the robot is a little bit um, uh, repetitive. For some people, it's better than my voice. For fathers, it's not. So here we go. I'm going today to give you episode number 66, which is a really important one, and one I don't apologize for, but it is a little bit punchy. So here we go. Infatuation leads to resentment, episode 66. Let's start today with a poem from 1611. That's a long time ago, and if it's still spoken, it must have a test of time woven into it. Here it goes. To everything there is a season, and a time uh, to every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Anonymous, 1611. It also became a very popular song, as you may remember. Little did people realise how profound that music was, and I certainly wish my dad had taught me this. I think in many ways my dad did teach me not to get infatuated, but maybe I was just a bad or an unwilling student. For me, somehow I got the impression that the good times roll, that the more good something felt, the better it was. I got the impression that good people were good only, that bad people were bad only. It's ironic because my own personal journey at home, through my childhood, proved this completely wrong. You learn that friends betray you. You learn that people don't keep their promises. You learn that uh, mates are not always loyal. You learn quickly that things turn nasty when you thought they were going to turn good. You even learn from parents that they don't walk their talk. But somehow through all this fog, there is a nursery rhyme playing in the back of your head that Santa Claus is fantastic. You've got to be careful. The kids are in the house. Uh, and perfect people exist. Superman is real and that the princess just needs a kiss to wake up. Somehow there is a fairy tale woven into the thread of our consciousness 
that keeps us believing that infatuation is better than resentment. Some people aspire to mediocrity. I've got to tell you, it's been the bane of my last six months dealing with the extended family of people who aspire to mediocrity and are influencing families, um, grandparents influencing family, aspiring to mediocrity. But let's just read on. Some people aspire to mediocrity. They try to bring kids up in a world, in the world, who are subservient and compliant. Those people get pissed off when their child pushes back and says, fuck off. They want submissive children and they want a submissive world so that they themselves can aspire to mediocrity. They want a nice house with a nice car, with a nice driveway, so they can be happy and achieve what? Mediocrity. And they want mediocre kids that are good, behave, do exactly what they're told, have good manners, go to bed early. They aspire to mediocrity at work too, those people but they don't aspire to have mediocre relationships. And that's the irony here. They want an infatuated relationship with all the highs of sex and kisses and romance, but they want a mediocre life. They live safe and dominate their children so that the children don't disturb their relationship. This paradox is driving many people into stress clinics and psychiatrics and and behavioral therapists, but it is really sad that the solution to their problems is not aspiring to mediocrity in their life and therefore not trying to dominate their children to be mediocre so that the children can be champions in life and they, the parent, can have mediocrity as their highest goal. But we don't settle for mediocrity in relationship, which is where it might just be the best thing ever. Before I continue with this chant, let me understand the mechanisms of infatuation. So I have a little puppy sitting on my knee right now, and her name is... Oh, she's gone all quiet. She's got a sore lip today because she banged it on the table, right? When we were playing soccer to me, <laughs> throwing socks. All right, before I continue with this chant, let's just understand the mechanism of infatuation. Infatuation is the stockpiling of information about something until such time as all the positives are at least seven times as great as the negative. We all know this feeling when we get a new car or even you wish to say you meet someone new and you have fabulous sex. We gather all the data on this and suddenly it's a no-brainer. As soon as there are seven to one ratio of benefits to negative, we are compelled to purchase. Especially if you listen to the late night infomercials where you'll listen carefully to the advertisement for a person who cannot sleep. The advertisement will sell self-help tapes. It will add a benefit, such as a set of saucepans. It will then add some stay-sharp knives. It will then add a cookbook. It will then uh, uh, add, if you ring now, you'll get free delivery and a money-back guarantee. It will add the very last minute, a second set of saucepans for a friend. By this time, this information, uh, the infomercial is finished. There is, in simple terms, infatuation generated in the mind of a sleepy person. 
the real advertisement for, for tapes. But the tapes are just the tip of the iceberg. What's needed is infatuation. And once they are online, the sale add-on begins. Seven to one makes people compulsive. True or false? True. Okay. There are certain types of person who are vulnerable to marketing of infatuation and impulse buying. Is that true? Uh, I don't understand that. Okay, let's keep going. They are at heart discontent with their life and, are, and looking for a solution. If you were to say to this person, there is a balanced program of tapes for sale, they would not be very interested at all. Is that true? You guess so. If the same person goes to the pub and wants to meet somebody for the night, they'll be looking around and will be surprisingly choosy who they're attracted to. I'll skip that bit and there we go. <coughs> oh, bless you. If you now apply the universal law of balance, merge it with the first universal law. Do you know what a universal law is, sweetie? No. Yeah, it's nature. Trees, birds. Did you go surfing yesterday? Yes. Great. You all know that there are two sides to everything. Is there two sides to everything in nature? Yeah. Yeah, so you're a really wise person. So an infatuation person who seeks ratio seven to one will eventually experience the opposite, which is one to seven. There you go. In other words, eventually they will see more negatives than positives. Now the truth, we all know, there is one to one ratio because two sides to every coin, right? Yeah. Two sides to a leaf? Yeah. Yeah. Do you like coins? Yeah. Do we find some on the beach? Yeah. Yeah. Is there two sides to a shell? Yeah. Yeah. It won't matter how many times you discipline or punish people or criticize them or put them down or try to subdue the little spirit. Eventually they will reveal it because they're amazing. <laughs> At the bottom of the consciousness cone, we aspire to a ratio of seven to one. This is a really, really uh, bipolar state of mind. Bipolar thinking leads to gambling. Do you gamble? No. What does it mean? It means um, make a bet. Um. Oh, little man. Mum would be great driving her Rolls Royce. Did she? Did you help her? Oh, pretty cool. It says record. I'm going to finish this little bit. Uh, let's go down here. Where's the noise as well? I want to hear the noise. They said, what does it say about noise? It says... We can hear at the bottom. Um, it says... We can hear... I remember in my first business partner, when I finished my MBA, I started consulting. I knew a second-tier accounting firm for five years, and no doubts about who they were. But... I didn't know this other guy who came along and I thought he was a good guy and guess what? What? He was a bad guy? Yeah. And I went into business with him and guess what happened? I didn't like it. 
So I had to get out. Because I thought he was good, but then he was bad. But actually, he was good and bad, right? Because like people, people, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, what are you shaking your head for? You're good and bad. I said not good and bad. Not good and bad? Is that what that says? That's what that says. So when you walk in the front door of your house after a great day at work and you think, oh, how clever am I? I'm so clever. What happens? Somebody comes to you. Yeah, and says? You're not clever. How clever are you for saying that? (laughs) (laughs) You already learnt that. How old are you? Five. Ten. Ah. You're five. You're not clever enough to say I'm five. I'm not clever enough to say you're five. How, how, how old are you? Seven. You sure? Yeah. What does seven ri- rhyme with? Seven. Heaven. Ri- heaven. And what's five rhyme with? Hive. Alive? Hive. Hive. So you can be five, five hive alive and you can be seventh heaven. All right. And you can be Chris Chip. No, Chips. So I can eat you because Chris... Your name is Chris and you can be Chips for me to I, eat. I can be Chris Chips. Chris Potato. Ah, ah, oh, ah, oh, oh, he ate my finger off. I'm going to come and get you for that. I'm, I'm gonna never e- going to eat you. You're never going to eat me. I'm going to eat you if, because your name is Chris Chips. I am too. Did you have chilli yesterday on your lunch with the dals? Yes, remember? No. Yeah, what no. was Was it called dals? What you had for lunch? What? Yeah. Was it called Dal because it's, it's a nice person? We say, hello, darling. No. Why? Because there's a darling in there. That's why it's called Dal. <laughs> darling made it. Good night, Nick. Now. Yes. Do you want to eat? Yes! I'm having the same as yesterday. <laughs> I'm having meat mix. Have, have a great day. Meat?